There's so many times where I want to troll you, Dave, and just like stretch out like a pause, like we'll just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was just, like, say, make it like two minutes long just like dave what do you think about that uh. <laughs> you need to do like the director's cut yeah. <laughs> the heartless cut <laughs> that's how the whole thing starts off with the five minute me being like uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. uh so uh <laughs> um um uh, uh Hello and welcome to Couch Co-op, episode 9. Today, as always, we're going to start off by sharing which games we're currently playing. I'll start off. The game I'm currently still playing is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm probably about 85% through that game. And what I've discovered is it's an amazing experience. I've been very... uh, I've been on a weird stretch here where, you know, I've already said in previous recordings, I very much enjoyed Days Gone. And I've since played through and beaten Horizon Zero Dawn. And now I'm almost through with Ghost of Tsushima. All very similar games in one respect, but very different in other ways. And, you know, I have to say, like, this one is amazing in its own right. I certainly eclipsed the kind of hump I was at the last time we discussed this game, uh, where I didn't say it was negative. I I considered it to be like a 90% type of rating for a game like a very highly heralded as far as i'm concerned uh, but there's some heart to this game that like really caught me off guard that was very shocking and frankly more emotional than anything i experienced probably in any of those games i previously listed and those were all ones that stood out to me because they did generate some sort of feeling within me while i was playing it beyond just the fun or excitement of the video game but actual genuine emotional response to characters and uh yeah what i'll say is there were certainly um there was one main character's death in ghost of tsushima that like almost had me in tears so great experience very much enjoying it can't wait to see how it ends and uh probably get there by the next time we record one of these but we'll have to wait and see um moving along though where are you playing right now jack dave um i understand you're playing something together right uh, yeah, uh, the game is called uh, We Were Here, and it's an interesting game. It's got two distinct roles that each player plays. One is a librarian and one's the explorer. So you're basically uh, two individuals who get stuck in a castle and you get separated. And one has got access to um, a lot of information whereas the other one is relying on the other person to give him the information. But you got to exchange information so that the librarian knows what you're looking at and the explorer, you know, can understand what the librarian's trying to tell him. Okay. And um, since Jack and I play over the PlayStation Network, um, we don't have to rely on a walkie-talkie in-game, but I think that that would be the nature of the game. You pick up a walkie-talkie and then you would, you would, you know, talk to the other or communicate with the other player through that. So, oh, it's an interesting take on that. Jack, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, it's it's pretty um, unique concept in that basically 
and and it's been well documented on this podcast how much I love puzzle games. So this has been a um, a pretty cool experience for me because it's a puzzle game, but it's it's one that you completely have to be uh, just in communication with whoever your partner is um, to to accomplish anything. So um, for instance, there's one level where it's like a dungeon and you have to open these gates in the proper order, but it's your partner who has the map. So you've got to basically listen to everything that they have to say. They direct you through the dungeon and you just, you know, have to go through it without screwing it up. Um, and so it's been, um, a, a really fun experience rolling through that with, with Plumber because we've had so many different, um, experiences with different types of games but uh we've never done anything quite like this before so. i was gonna say that's a whole completely different gameplay element from any of those other games you guys have played together so that sounds way cool i'm uh excited to hear how you progress through that one and perhaps we'll do a further deep dive in the near future but that perfectly uh segues us into today's topic of discussion which was actually going to be uh, couch conversation, so to speak, of a two-player multiplayer game or multiplayer beyond two-player these days. Um, and that's Rocket League, which still is on my list for one of the games I despise the most because it's literally one of the only games I wasn't able to pick up and actually figure out <laughs> compared to almost anything else I've played. That game, I just cannot get over that hump of figuring it out. So I'm super excited to chat with you guys tonight and understand what I missed out on by uh, not really getting into that one. So right off the bat, first things first, what was the highest rank that you guys achieved at this? Jack, let's start with you. Um, I think, to be honest, I don't remember what my rank was when like the first year I played this game and I played it a lot. That was when I played the most. And that's also when the competition was at its weakest um, because the first year, the techniques and skill set you see you saw back then was just completely novice compared to if you go online now and, and what you see in like tournament level stuff is just the stuff you just didn't see that first year. Um, but in the last few years when I've kind of only started, I've only played intermittently. Um, Dave has dragged me into gold rank a couple times in twos and threes, I think low level gold rank. Um, so I am not good by any means. Probably, I'm probably a silver rank single, uh, like just silver rank would probably be with my skill level. Fair enough. Dave, how far did you go along in terms of ranking? If so, I always queued up for threes. Like that's the only way I usually always played the game and I got to high gold. So gold tier three, I mm -hmm. think pretty much working with two other unknowns and with Jack um well i don't want to say drag but definitely worked with jack and we got up into gold we got up into platinum the last time we played but um i seriously suspect that the skill bar went up much higher and they dropped the like ranking bar much lower i think just to keep people like invested into it well um that when I, I forgot about that, that you did reach platinum in 2v2 on us. And it did coincide with when they released the game free for everyone. So mm -hmm. it was a huge influx of new players, which, which I don't think it dropped any kind of like artificial bar. I just think that there was so much of an influx of, of, of noobs that um, 
that us by comparison were were better. That's that's a great point because that always plays a factor. Um, quick question in regards to how did you discover this game? Um, I know there's various different ways you come across one, but um, how did this one came come uh, on your radar? I'll take this one because I I know how Dave discovered it. As that was me pestering him for weeks to pick it up. Uh, it started off as a uh, free game on PlayStation Network, and I am like I'm all about picking those up. Um, and really, it fit perfectly with what I was experiencing at the time. I had a I had a newborn daughter, and I was no longer able to like compete in those um, first person shooters or that kind of thing. And even like NBA 2K, which I just played mostly by myself, was just it was like a 45 minute game to play. And then all of a sudden, this hyper competitive game comes around, but it's five minutes long. So I can jump in, I can jump out, I can play non competitive. So if the baby started crying, it's not like I would be, you know, the jerk who either left a ranked match or the, uh, or just, you know, failing miserably. Um, so instantly when I, when I found this game, I was like, this is awesome. I remember like my friends Barrett and Darren coming over to the house and while Kennedy was sleeping in her crib, all three of us were playing video games. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like the first thing, like approaching a normal video game, uh, couch co-op experience I'd had in probably a year at that point, which was something I sorely missed. Um, and then after basically badgering Malcolm and Plummer for, for weeks because at this point they had to buy it they missed the free they missed the free entry <laughs> uh, they, they, they scooped it and uh the rest is history so i went over to the jack spot and we got drunk and then it was funny he's like all right dave like we're gonna do this we're gonna play this and you could play split screen so you know once we got situated um and jack had been telling me about this game for a while now at this point so I knew like at some point I was going to end up playing it when I got there but um I was shocked at how much fun I had and it wasn't like that uh Jack's tasting games are like bad or anything it's just it was to me a free game you know called Rocket League and it looked very simplistic but I mean the the game is just got so much depth to it and you can still enjoy yourself without having the full pro set of skills. You can still really enjoy the game, you know, and that was at that point where once uh, Jack, Jack and I sat down next to each other and started jamming on it, like I instantly went and bought it. So, um, and then I ended up, that's how I got my PlayStation network handle was I was at Malcolm's and got him to download it. And I I set up my account in a spot and I was like, I'm gonna be playing Rocket League. And so my handle is in more than prostate. So I just at the time <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road came out and I just love in Morton Joe. And you know, the prostate was from my previous handles of your prostate or my prostate because I played a lot of first person shooter games. So that was always a fun name to have, you know, uh, my prostate killed you with an AK 47 or your prostate killed you with the rocket, just some cheeky, you know, of name course. play. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I smashed those two together thinking, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to play a bunch of rocket league, which I did, but you know, having a Morden in front of that just made it that much more awesome. So 
Great, uh, great name, great movie. Uh, I just rewatched that again recently. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. I can totally see where you went with that. Um, um, Dave, you brought up a good point, though, there that, that um, the matchmaking in Rocket League is really well done in that um, if, if you go ranked, it will literally put you with people who are your skill level or it'll find it out very quickly. And therefore, it's always competitive, um, even on the lower levels, uh, which is why even five plus years after it's released, every few months we circle around and start playing this game. And if if the matchmaking weren't so well done, I mean, we'd run into a bunch of pros and get our ass kicked and lose interest. But within five or six games, we're always playing against people of our skill set. And uh, that just makes it the replayability of the game um fantastic i was going to say that that brings up a good point because um i've heard with some of the other uh game series in particular where rankings are so important um that there's instances where you'll see some of the pros go back all the way and start over just so they can go th again through the ranks so they can basically into those assholes <laughs> yeah just punish noobs just to like rank up again I, i've heard that that's a big thing in like the rainbow six community um so so you're saying that in rocket league the matchmaking for the most part it seems like people stick to their skill level and don't have multiple accounts or there's this huge bar whenever plumber tries to talk me into like an, an fps shooter and it's because i know i'm going to be dropped into this map and there's going to be all these people who um if you're playing what i consider to be a fair game they'll just be way better than you but in a lot of those games not only are they better than you but they have better equipment than you because they've been playing so long they've you know gotten all these special gear um and then they're operating as like an eight person team so not only that they're they're all operating and whooping on you because maybe you and one or two other friends are, are running around solo uh, but with rocket league as I was saying, you're literally dropped into somebody of your own skill set. There's no, there's no fancy gear you can pick up. There's no like speed boost that you start off the game with. It's all starting at square one. And, um, and for those reasons, it's just makes it a lot of fun for a uh, more casual gamer to be able to pick up and enjoy. It's a great point. Uh, Plumber, what do you think about what you see on there? I understand too with Rocket League, uh, this one's a cross-play one as well. So you'll see people who are playing on PC, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, Xbox, PC, and I'm starting to believe Switch might be even connected in there. Um, wow. You can tell the difference between the PC players and the console players. Okay. And in the sense that their monitors and their their systems are generally like running at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And um, having played on a friend's computer, you know, a gaming computer with a gaming monitor, the difference is there. Yeah. Because um, a lot of that can be split second reactions and how accurate and mm -hmm. as far as like how you're hitting the ball, where you're hitting it can make a big difference. And um, when you have that split second advantage, you'll see it. But uh, the ranking system and the matchmaking system, like Jack has said, and I'm just gonna reaffirm it, is incredibly fair. Like those okay. people keep rising up higher and you will either stay or just kind of keep hovering 
around whatever uh, skill level that you're at compared to the rest of the the gaming community in Rocket League. So, um, but um, it's hard to tell like who's on the Xbox, who's on the Switch, and who is on the PC. Um, and then occasionally you get your games where someone's just trying to tank. You can tell that there's like, there's been a few times we've been in a platinum game and there's just been really low effort on the opposing team, you know, and we'll go through. But I mean, I would say that's like one out of 20 matches most yeah, of the time. Some, like some, some assholes like cat and mouse, you were like, like <laughs> get a couple early goals and like, you're feeling all good. And you're like, why are they like doing triple axes in the air and like doing somersaults through the air but they can't score and then all of a sudden like the last two minutes of the game hits and they just (laughs) fuck you up (laughs) (laughs) see that's that you just summed up exactly one of the reasons why i hate this damn game because i always start off and i'll get like an early goal and be like this game's great i love it (laughs) and then immediately be punished for daring to believe that i haven't figured out so um one question I did have to ask that um, I, I hope you can recall or not, but one thing that stood out, and Plumber, you're the one who introduced me to this concept, but modifying the settings. And it, I heard that like in order to actually fully get the best experience from this game, you do have to go through and actually make tweaks in order to actually have the best view and the best like under control over the game. So can you kind of walk me through like some of your uh, tweaks that you made, Plum? Yeah, um, so those tweaks were huge when I started trying to understand Ariel, which is like a whole like second level to this game is like getting yourself in the air and then also being able to interact with the ball in the air. So uh, one of the first things I had to do was to widen my uh, field of view. So uh, it definitely skewers it in the sense that um, what's in front of you is kind of a bit larger than what's on the side, but once you get comfortable with it, you get so much of a broader field of view that you can actually kind of get a better idea about what action is going to happen next, you know, based on what you see. Um, and it's easier to track the ball. Um, I also changed my controller. So the way that the base controller has it set is it makes it very difficult to um, boost in the air, keep your boost going, but also start turning. So it was a situation where you had to shift your jump and your boost um, to your um, lower. Like, so I believe the jump was on X and your boost is on O. And that wasn't the original game setting. So you had to tweak that. And then you also had to change how your car rotated. And I believe that got shifted to like R2. So basically your controls had to be set up in a manner that it made it really efficient for you to um, pro- like be able to produce the moves that you needed to do. And that took a lot of time to learn. That was probably one of the most um, frustrating things about it in the sense that I was relearning the game. So um dealing with a wider field of view, which is I wasn't used to. And then all of a sudden, what used to be my boost is now a sharp turn right, you know, or just like a sharp turn left. And doing the double jump and the boost at the same time took some practice. But 
once I got comfortable with those, I noticed that the game opened up for me. I got much more comfortable at being able to launch myself in the air, uh, you know, and then be able to track the ball in the air and actually yeah. like make contact and a willful contact. Not, you know, not all of my hits were like on purpose, but I would say near the end of it, I would be pretty confident about where I was sending the ball. So, but yeah, um, that was a big change. Another change was um, how fast you turn. Yeah. Because um, that's a huge aspect to that game is having to turn on a dime and get back. Yeah. Uh, to a point, absolutely. you know, yeah. So um, once you make those changes and get comfortable with them, it, it definitely makes you feel comfortable with the aerial, but I don't know. I think I tried talk, talking Jack into some of those changes and that was something that he wasn't comfortable with. Jack, I don't know. Did you for... use the factory settings then for your controls or? I think for the most part, um, I think the big difference between me and Dave is that uh, Dave was willing to commit the time into doing that. And I kind of, I think if I went back and just said, how much time am I actually going to put into this game? going forward i think i would have made that sacrifice but um i didn't know it at the time i didn't know that i would probably put another couple hundred hours into the game from from where i was at at that point and therefore i just didn't really want to expend that much time relearning uh a game that i felt like i was already you know um pretty good at right pretty good at um now that's probably one of the reasons why i got worse and everybody else got better but i think the real <laughs> reason is that um a lot of people just play a lot and um, I've never uh, really wanted to commit the time into, into just playing one game um, because my, my gaming time is so limited. And, and I say that uh, this is my favorite game of the PS4 era um, for a number of reasons. Um, but uh, even with that, I just don't have a whole lot of free time to, to spend learning mechanics over that I've already learned. <laughs> I mean, I'll, what I'll say to that is like, even though I, I lead it off this whole thing was saying like, I didn't particularly enjoy this game. It doesn't change the fact that I don't consider it one of the best games of PlayStation 4 era as well. Um, I actually think that it in its own right is basically its own sport. And um, just from what I see at the highly competitive levels of it's amazing what people have been able to do with a game that seemed so simple when you first sit down and play it. Uh, plumber with, how would you describe your play style? From what I understand, like it kind of branches off where you get people who get really kind of technically oriented and almost play like they're like a soccer player on the field. And then there's the people who just become like such masters of the aerial and all that. Um, so where would you consider yourself to be on that spectrum? Um, well, with Jack, Jack and I have like pretty strong bond as far as like these co-op games go so and he definitely lets me take the lead as far as um being aggressive uh but i mean it's mostly for me i just try to play fundamentals like i think big fundamentals like keep the ball in front of me try not to let it get behind me um one of the first skill sets i really got good at and really focused hard on was being a good goalie so being really comfortable with trying to keep the ball out of the net was definitely something that benefited me as I got better at the game. 
but um, I think because I got comfortable with aerials and got comfortable with some things, like it allowed me to play more aggressive later on down the road. But it's mostly just being mindful about your teammates and like where they are, you know, and having that wild, wide field of view and pulling the camera back off of your car also allows you to keep a track of your teammates and you would be able to see where they're at. And I would see Jack taking the lead down the side of the field. So I know he'd be setting me up for a pass off their backboard. So it's just a matter of putting myself in a position, but at times I would see that maybe that this pass is gonna fail. Like just because of like maybe the speed or the situation that, you know, is hovering around the ball, like, you know, two of the, two of the opposing team would see Jack coming or for me, vice versa too, because I felt like Jack and I worked in really good concert together was, you know, it'd be like, okay, I'm not expecting this to go through. So I'm not gonna make the commitment to go in. And then, you know, at times Jack could be able to punch it through, make a really good pass, you know, and something I could capitalize on or vice versa. So, I mean, it was just so much there's so much that you can only do if you can't do the same kind of aerial maneuvers or have that understanding of the physics of the games that the pro players have, because for them, a lot of that, you know, could be bouncing balls off the ceiling at an insane angle or carrying the ball through the air pretty right. much from one side of the field to the other without touching the ground and guiding it in gently. And that was something that we never got comfortable with. Um, as much time and effort as I put into it, that was just something I, I can never overcome mentally because I think that's that's a hand-eye coordination and also understanding of that game. And that's just something I, I didn't have. So my level was like some basic aerial, like I could go up and kind of hit the ball out of the way, uh, a lot of strong defense. And then also working with JB, you know, on definitely like I've gotten a lot of assists. He's definitely a stronger striker than I am. Um, he's definitely got more of an eye for scoring that goal, you know, whereas I've always tried to stick on assist and defense. So. so it sounds like you're more on the technical end when it comes to um, your play style. Jack, how would you describe yours? Well, um, Plummer gives me way too much credit by saying I'm a better striker than him. At one point that was true, but um, he's definitely surpassed me. Um, but one of the reasons he has surpassed me is because when I am like really on point, it's when I'm being super aggressive. Um, when I just go after the ball like crazy. Um, and so it was a really difficult transition for me playing with Plummer, who's way more, um, he, he, he's all about rotation and making sure why the one person strikes, the other person's protecting the goal. And it took me a long time to accept the fact that that's the way you got to play if you want to, if you want to be better. Um, because while I made myself better by being really aggressive and trying to attack the goal a lot, I was making my team a lot worse. Mm. Um, and so Plummer taught me that you just constantly got to be rotating from offense to defense, depending on what your uh, teammates are doing and what the opponent, where the, obviously where the ball is located and all that is a factor. But, um, so I've definitely had to acquiesce a lot of like the aggression to Dave because he's, he's just better than I am. Um, 
So that's, that's been, um, it's actually been a really fun transition because I, I love playing with Dave and um, being more in concert and unison with, with like a team approach with him is, has been um, one of the reasons we've been successful. I was going to say, we always make the joke from uh, Pacific Rim that you guys are truly uh, drift compatible when it comes to uh, games in particular with this one, I've Maybe. definitely experienced it where it, you know, you work in concert where essentially you, you know, where the other person's going any given moment. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually really cool to experience me, but usually being the third guy who's valiantly trying to climb up the wall and chase some ball that's in midair that I have no <laughs> business going after. Um, but going back to that concept of drift compatibility, like what are some of your favorite goals or favorite moments playing together like that? I know we've all experienced those moments playing alongside somebody where it's just like the perfect last second score or just that perfect save or uh, what comes to mind with that? Uh, I honestly, my favorite moments is where I think I'm John Stockton and he's Carl Malone. And I do some like insane setup where I'll run the ball up the side of the wall, like high up on their side. And then instead of like letting it drop, I'll kind of do like a sneaky tap or I'll like slow it down enough just to get them off of their course, you know, where they would have been like on a good trajectory of like hitting the ball and getting it out of their, uh, their zone. But I will just kind of like do a sneaky double tap. And Jack will just be like sitting there waiting for it, like a Stockton Malone, you know, just like I do something crafty and I just toss the ball up and all of a sudden Jack comes in with the slam dunk on it. Dunk, baby. Those, those are my <laughs> favorite moments. Like I've, I felt like I've had some pretty cool like strikes and stuff here and there, but those are always ones that really stick out uh, as my favorite moments is when I'm setting up JB for like a really nice shot, you know, or something like that. So way cool what about you jack what have, what have you experienced as some of your favorite memories well my moments like when i think about the um emotion i feel playing the game and like what really kind of gets me going one it's the adrenaline of the game because it's a really fast-paced action and it's one of those games if you're not dialed in you're you can tell like you can tell when your teammate is is slouched over on the couch like thinking about going to pass out as opposed to um, and that brings me to our third partner in crime who is unfortunately not joining us for this podcast but literally the third um member of our our, our xoxo clan uh x going give it to you um and this game really gave me the opportunity to have my three musketeers my my you know two best friends in the world the guys i refer to as my brothers um, and have this competitive fun thing that I don't really get to experience very often because, um, you know, we're just, we live far away and for all these reasons. And so my favorite moments with the game are just like the really cool com camaraderie we have, or on the flip side, the really like anger that we get towards each other when like <laughs> things aren't going wrong. Um, there's a reason that our friend is called X going to give it to you. And that is because he is just one side of the spectrum and he'll either like play like these amazing games or he's just kicking ass not because he's like overly skilled because he's definitely the least skilled of us but just he'll just find himself in the right spot probably because he's doing what he shouldn't be doing so he's confusing the opponent um and uh and 
And when you, when that happens and he's, he's like winning a game for you that you should be losing, everybody's like, oh, yeah, X, go give it to you. And it's like this great moment. And then it contrasts with the moments where he, he is just blowing it, where me and Plummer are like in perfect sync and just, just flawlessly executing. And then X, go give it to you, just freaking like hits it into our own goal. Yeah, <laughs> like, own goal. <laughs> or, or, or Dave's going to make this amazing play off my assist and X just rams into him and throws <laughs> away off kilter. Um, and then like, depending on Plummer's mood, it gets hilarious because Plummer will start like getting more and more short and frustrated with them. And like, it'll start like pretty patient. Like, Oh, you know, you should really consider um, not following me so closely when we're both going for the same ball, you really want to do space. And then by the time it's over, it's like, Malcolm, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Start getting all the pissed off. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You could tell like he's had like twelve cookies. <laughs> he's like two, three cups of milk, and he's just ready to go to bed. The, the best is when he know. plays on his recliner, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, okay. Now I got to put the recliner down." <laughs> and I'll be like, "What? <laughs> you won't go twice on us, and that's with your feet up in a recliner." And he's like, so, "Yo, dog." Um, yeah, I think you can hear my voice. That's definitely my favorite moments of the game is is the is just the experiences with my friends that um, I, you know, and I don't think that's anything uh, anything innovative. You know, everybody. I think most people when they think back of their most fun experiences with video games, whether it's like a LAN party or sitting on the couch with their brother, um, so much of that just comes down to. Um, like I said, me playing with my playing with my brothers from other mothers. Um, so that's been a, it's been a blast. Yeah, I mean, that speaks to the very nature of this podcast. I mean, it's it literally is a, a book club for video game nerds. So <laughs> only, you know, in our sense, we have the added factor of nostalgia as well tapped on. So um, you did mention and allude to a certain aspect of gaming with Plumber in particular that I absolutely adore, and that's best rage quit moments or just rage moments. You got to run me through some of your favorites here, guys. Um, I just want to quickly tackle the fact that I think Plumber is more patient with me, uh, one, because we have such a great you know relationship. Um, but two, I think he just understands that I, I don't have the time as much time to, to master these games. So he's really patient with me. So I've always been more of the bystander as this rage is inflicted upon <laughs> in some cases, like our friends, but in most cases, just random people he knows on the internet. They're like, Hey, let me uh, introduce you to this guy. Uh, uh, you know, this, this is a one, two, two, six, uh, killer crusher. And I've been playing him for with a few weeks. He's great at this game here. And then like two, <laughs> two hours later, Plumber is like going off on this dude who I, who I just met through him. <laughs> He's like, why weren't you in the position? We should have been attacking point B. And you're off trying to get extra points. And <laughs> I, I try hard. I try hard at times to my detriment. And Malcolm definitely feels that to an extent at a higher level, but not as much as um, other people have, but on other games, I feel. But I have rage quit Rocket League a few times in a sense that it's like, uh, that's my last game. Or I just like, sometimes we'll just like, 
emotionally shut off where I just get super quiet when Malcolm's definitely like on one of his like <laughs> I'm touching that ball like I'm that dog in the park that is just like touching that ball period and um but I think as I've gotten older it's been tempered um but yeah man uh, I do love it like because I know you guys started this game off the first time playing together in person and you know, I imagine there weren't any rage quits that time around, but like experiencing the rage quit in person is one thing, like because it is funny to see somebody like toss a controller, just get super heated out of nowhere when you're sitting next to them on a couch, just kind of staring at the screen, realizing they've been so emotionally overtaken. My experience with this, I always loved, was when there would be silence over the mic, and then all of a sudden, I'd hear Plumber just like fucking hey or something like that because <laughs> it's so unexpected like I, there's no ramping up there's no moment of escalation it's just flat out like he's been stewing on his end for so long as we play this game and it'll, it just comes pouring out so i think my uh, favorite two like rage moments of dave is is the one that's when we're playing with a random friend of his that he like he's online friends with but i don't really know and um he'll like start get into it with this guy and i just think of it from this guy's perspective like he's he's just gotten introduced to me who's been playing you know okay but not great and then this guy who he's been playing with online for like a couple months is all of a sudden just berating him and meanwhile this guy who he just got introduced to as this guy's like homie is just like giggling uncontrollably in the microphone. <laughs> and this guy's like damn this guy plumber is He's a psycho. If you all like, <laughs> like every time Plumber starts like really ripping into him, I just start giggling, which just makes Plumber more angry. Uh, and then the my my all time favorite Plumber rage quit though was in StarCraft Two, which um, probably the only game we've played together more than this one. And uh, that was when I literally begged Plumber not to quit, as he was convinced we were going to lose a match, and he it was a two on two match. And, and after like two minutes of begging him he's like nah we're this why are we even trying and he quit and i took control of his army and i ended up winning the game <laughs> that was and just just the, <laughs> the absolute bliss of of talking to him about, yeah yeah uh, how do you think that game went after you left Dave? <laughs> for anyone listening to this like my head down is in shame right now so uh, yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll never let that down and rightfully so um i'm surprised at jack's patience with me uh more so because we played a lot of nba 2k i can't remember what year it was uh 13 maybe 14? i think like thir- like 13 through 15 is when we were into that game um, and um i played point guard and he would play shooting guard usually no not shooting guard but small forward depending on what team we're using yeah but um like i got my hands on russell westbrook and derrick rose and so many times jack could be like pass the ball back out to me and i'd be on that three-point line and he'd be like don't do it don't do it (laughs) i would throw up a very ill-advised three-pointer is what jack would call it but um so you were going for the true russell westbrook experience that's what jack said he goes like you're playing westbrook like westbrook twice in real life (laughs) (laughs) well and derrick rose and and actually i'm wearing my bulls uh 
cap right now, as you can see, but um, literally Westbrook and Rose, who in real life are both those guys who are more than anyone else and are on my all time. Like I get frustrated that you are shooting the three and yet you do it five times a game list. Um, and that's exactly how Dave played him in 2K, which was just perfect. <laughs> so, oh, man. I got to say, like, uh, I definitely have worked through Rage, and I still have Rage on some levels, but um, Jack has definitely been the person that's, like, A, on StarCraft has been like, don't quit, don't Rage quit, and then takes my army up and runs with it. Or we still managed to pull out like an amazing season, even with me pulling a Westbrook or a Derek Rose on him. So I felt like um, I think that when when all that distilled into Rocket League, for me, I felt like it was one of those where it's like I got like a lot of respect for Jack, you know, because yeah, I, I think that's a really so much. I think that's a really good point is that we've both played games and more so you're usually the one who's the leader of the pack now but enough before you had a playstation 5 um that you've been in the circumstances enough where i'm the one i'm the one carrying you and now that i'm in the flip reversal situation where you're carrying me you're a lot more patient with me because um i rarely flipped you shit when when uh we were in the opposite role so i think uh, you're definitely more patient with me because of that Oh, you're a good role model. Yeah. You know, and you know, like, uh, on Rocket League, like I, I seen it, I seen Jack, there's been points where I think he's put some practice in and he has done aerials, you know, and he's not one to brag about it or just say, Oh, I've been practicing. Like he likes to just all of a sudden bust it out, you know, (laughs) and I've noticed, you know, so like he may talk himself down a little bit, but I think if, he had not gotten married and not had children. Like uh, <laughs> we might be like a platinum. Could have been great. Should have made Jack his kids and his wife. I would never trade for like a higher level on rocket league just to put that on the record. Like I love them all, but you know, it's like, that's a, what if scenario definitely. So, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking to two, uh, diamond diamond league level uh starcraft two players almost uh, broke the master league yeah yeah when when we uh when we when gaming was all we had we were pretty damn good at it together i was gonna say we definitely have some topics for future episodes of this <laughs> this installment we took the pelicans on a three-peat i believe yeah we we uh we've definitely had many uh Tyreek and Drew a lot of amazing a lot of amazing uh co-op moments with you over the last 15 years yeah I was gonna say real quick uh, while we wrap up everything here on Rocket League um do you either of you guys have a favorite customization or modification to your car I I know that that was one of the things for a short while was you got all sorts of neat little things you could add so how would you mod out your cars we did Rick and Morty theme for a long time um, I think I changed it up. Like when I was playing like solo, I kind of got off of it, but, uh, I think we both had the portal wheels. I think we both had like the teal slash green color scheme. Um, I think I had Morty on my car as like a hood ornament. And I think Jack had Rick. I can't, I can't recall specifically, but we're definitely 
uh, on a Rick and Morty tip and it showed within our cars. And so, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Uh, in comparison to Plumber and, and uh, X going to give it to you, uh, they will spend all this time like <laughs> modifying their car. And I'm just like, guys, I got like half an hour before I got to go to bed. <laughs> so I just show up in my like busted ass like beige minivan. <laughs> they got like freaking like reptile scales that they like put like you know ten dollars and hundreds of hours of gameplay earning <laughs> but yeah no the customizations are uh, ridiculous on that game but the models all changed since it went free to play gotcha like so That's, if you don't I, mean, I was gonna say if you don't invest in a season like you're all but locked out of some of the best materials so one of the reasons I really um, appreciate Rocket League is, as like I was saying before, there's no, there's nothing that's going to make you better than the other people you're playing with. So the customization is all for visual sake. Um, and it's a really cool uh, microtransaction, in my opinion. It's, it's like, if you want to make your car really cool, well, you can spend the money and do it. But it's not going to destroy the competitive balance of the game um so that person who's dropping 100 bucks isn't going to walk into the game better than you right um so i don't mind looking all busted and ragtag um yeah i'll spend like two seconds appreciating all of plumbers like freaking body shop work that he pulled but um outside of that yeah way cool um i guess my last question that i had and I, I know we've touched on it a bit but like what was your overall sentiment with the community in rocket league um just I know I don't play nearly as many multiplayer games online. So any experiences with like heavy trolling or just, you know. Toxic. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. It can be very toxic, especially uh, when you know that, you know, so Jack and I are in a squad called the Council of Mortys, you know, so whenever we match up, you know, it shows Council of Mortys, but then the other opponents might not be in a squad. So gotcha. uh, there will be some points where you'll see the chat be like, yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> you'll start to see the other team, like, especially if you can get like two goals in the first 30 seconds, that really tests the metal of the opposing team. And that's when you'll see like, but I mean, the toxicity, too, is when you're getting creamed and they're just yeah. calling you out, you know. It's just like, oh, you fool should uninstall. You know, uninstall is the one that really, like, gets my blood boiling, you know. <laughs> and I'll be like, you guys are in platinum, like, high platinum, probably in diamond, and you're, like, just dropping low so you could spank us. And they're like, get good, you know. <laughs> you're just like, duh. So... There, there's definitely something like there's such a feeling of accomplishment and like hilarity when you turn two teammates against each other in like the first, first 30 seconds of a game and they already start talking <laughs> shit and it always kind of follows the the like the one guy makes one like small mistake and the other guy just like, calls him out because he's an asshole and then it slowly builds from there to like usually one person quits by the end of it but it's yeah it's always good one well the thing, best um, sorry go ahead I was going to say the best is when one person kind of defaults to your team by like actively like <laughs> fucking with the other guy. <laughs> and it's like, 
at that point, you know, you won and you're like, kind of like sense of competition is gone, but yet the humor rating has gone way up. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I, I always wonder, I never played it long enough to really get a full sense of the community. I just know that there were a bunch of times where you would just see it spammed, like what a shot or what a save, what a save when you like clearly just fucked something up. So at the same time, you don't hear voices in that game. So yeah, it's yeah. not like you're getting yelled at by like a nine-year-old, you know, as you matchmake, as happens in so many other games. You Very know, like true. the um, abrasiveness and like the vulgarity or just offensiveness is pretty toned down because somebody's actually got to take the time to type anything they want to type out in the heat of battle. And then there's all these like editing that they got to get around. So like you see people like do like really creative ways to say really offensive shit where they like replace like letters <laughs> with two and stuff. And then like, I don't know, like one of my worst moments of that game is when I think their like name was like something Nazi or something. And I was like, Dave, we got to get these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got like super hyped up to like beat these guys. Cause I was offended by their name and then they beat us. And it was just so deflating. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, then yeah. there's a cooch cleaner oh god i'll never forget that name but yeah compared to other communities like rocket rocket leaks toxic playing monster hunter world like that community is all about like it's 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 like pure love almost it's crazy like no one really talks shit. You might get called out for like That's until Plumber got it. You got there. <laughs> Plumber corrupted the community. <laughs> I was gonna say thanks, like thanks. I was curious about the Rocket League one though, just because like I know like for a period of time when I was trying to get good at that game, like uh, I would go online and look for forum chat and like it, there did seem to be like a lot of people willing to share information and wanting to help people get better at the game but at the same time it's in the heat of it you're still going to talk shit it actually like almost gave me a sense of like when you see like some bodybuilder forums where it can oscillate between being some of the like most heinous insults ever heard but at the same time like if somebody comes in actually genuinely is like hey how can i do this they'll like give you a regimen and be like here's what you need to do like you need to go into practice and take 100 shots from this angle then you gotta do this and you gotta do that and so it's fascinating to me, but from you guys who have actually put in the time to hear that it's toxic, uh, that, that's a shame. Well, it's also ELO hell is a real thing in that game. Like, especially like when I was playing solo and playing with two other teammates, like always being stuck in bronze or like moving up to silver and then getting knocked down to bronze because you're just always constantly matchmaking with someone in the same I mean, skill, and I say that with like, you know, the, you know, quotation marks up, but I mean, if, if you just had some bad matchmaking and then you're stuck in bronze, it can be very difficult to get out of that unless like you're good enough to really like drag the team with you. So I think that's where a lot of that toxicity comes from because the majority of player base is going to be in the lower rung of that game just due to the nature of it. So um, that's fair. So, that's my observation on that where that toxicity is generated from is like being consistently stuck in a lower level and possibly due to the fact that you know it's like you're probably playing with kids too who don't really understand like that dynamic of rotation you know that the higher level players play 
you know, as a fundamental. So, I, I mean, like games. I said, I, I consider it to be one of the the in terms of competitive video games, one of the higher end ones. Like so, um, yeah. It, it to me, it's basically a sport. So, um, I think that's about everything I could think of on this. Did either of you gentlemen have anything else you wanted to share about Rocket League as a game, as an online experience? Just want to say thanks for uh, letting me yap about one of my favorite games for the last hour. Uh, it's been fun. Dave? Yeah, to, it's just one of the, to me, the greatness of it is the simplicity of what you need to do of getting a ball into a goal, you know, with players defending it. But then, like, how much more complicated that can get. And that's what makes it an amazing game and one of my favorites to play because uh, the more you pump into it, you can see yourself getting better, the more satisfaction you get out of it. And that's one of the main goals of video games, you know, is to get some satisfaction back out of this thing that you've been doing for like X amount of hours. So I was going to say there's something wonderful about a game where a developer basically said, what happens if I take micro machines and put soccer and combine the two and see what happens. And you get this thriving community of a game that people are still playing pretty regularly and competitively to this day. Oh, I was just say, there's more people on now than there was in that first year when, when they released it for free. And five years later, it's still a huge community. Absolutely. Well, with that, I think that's everything we have to say about Rocket League. Guys, gals, and any of our non-binary pals, I thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Later. Um, uh, uh,